Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we continue our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Miami Dolphins. The 2020 season didn't start off great, low 0-2 skid, but all of a sudden, Brian Flores got this defense moving, and Ryan Fitzmagic is not dead or even a below-average quarterback yet, people. The guy was still balling out, led them on a nice winning three or four games in their bye week. Then it was two a time. He comes out, wins his first three starts. You know, was he getting a lot of help around him? Sure, but I think uh, he also got a little bit of a bad rap in terms of what he was putting out there on the film and on the field. So kind of got a weird quarterback controversy going throughout this team that no one really expected to be all that competitive anyway. Ultimately, they lose Buffalo 56-26 in week 17. Shouldn't let that take away from a 10-6 campaign that again exceeded just about everybody's expectations. So 2021 and beyond, looking more optimistic for Miami Dolphins fans and faithful than I would say any stretch that we've had in quite some time here. So Brian Flores obviously has the guys playing hard. Hopefully now we can get a little bit better person now and talent throughout the roster to truly make them a contender sooner rather than later. I have a very special guest on today to help me identify just what positions of need do need to be filled out to get to 2021 Dolphins as a legit contender in the AFC. He is a Miami Dolphins beat reporter for The Athletic, Josh Tolentino. You can follow on Twitter at JCT Sports. Josh, thanks for the time, man. Happy offseason. Ian, really appreciate it. Like what you mentioned, we're in the offseason for the Dolphins. It's a busy one. Obviously, them holding the the three and uh, 18 overall pick in the first round. They've got four picks uh, in the first two rounds. But uh, as you alluded to earlier, this team is a lot closer to competing than they were a year ago when they were arguably the laughing stock of the league. Brian Flores has brought them. uh, You know, he doubled their win count from five to 10 this this past season. Heck, if they were in the NFC, they would have made the playoffs by two, three games. So. Um, you know, they missed the playoffs by one victory, obviously falling to uh, Buffalo in week 17. That didn't help their case. But uh, they are so much closer than to contending than they were uh, just a season ago. So um, it's going to be a busy offseason for the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores and general manager Chris Greer. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of the sexy thing to say that, you know, a team is uh, just a good quarterback away from truly being a high-end contender. But, you know, Dolphins, okay, there's a couple more needs I think they could fill out. But, you know, if Tua can really take a step forward or if they bring in someone else, I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, throughout the course of the podcast. But truly, this is anyone's idea of a solid team going into 2021. So Josh and I go through three team needs, go through some 2021 workload stuff, and he will leave us with a bull call. So Josh, start us off with your three team needs for Dolphins ahead of this offseason. Yeah, I think they're, they're very three evident needs. And, and, you know, for three, the third one, I'll have a 3A and 3B. Uh, the first is they need a wide out. They need an explosive playmaker. And this is what Chris Greer acknowledged in his end of the season exit interview, uh, is that they need to surround Tua with more weapons. I think so, I mean, there have been so many people critical of Tua and they look at the stats and, you know, very lackadaisical pedestrian. Uh, he went six and three as the starter, but he didn't really blow up in any game outside of the Arizona Cardinals game. Uh, very, very average stats, uh, you know, leading this team to victory. They, they, were, they were a very defensive-minded first team, uh, and that's why Tua had a lot of his success. You also got to look at who he was playing with. Yeah. You know, Devontae Parker, their t- the team's top receiver, uh, Miles Gaskin, the team's top running back, they were gone for most of that last month, uh, you know, as the Dolphins were trying to fight for the playoffs. The, the, I, I remember vividly in Las Vegas – um, I, I was the only uh, beat writer who traveled to that game. So I was, I was in a, em, that brand new empty stadium that they have in Vegas, a magnificent facility. <laughs> um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has this, uh, you know, miraculous comeback. The recipient of that catch, I think that iconic catch that, you know, that throw he made with his, his helmet, to, uh, you know, torn the sideways, 
was uh, Matt Collins, who was the, uh, you know, arguably the sixth or seventh string wide receiver at the beginning of camp. So um, I, it, you have to remember that he was playing that Tua or Fitz, whoever the quarterback was, they were playing with fourth, fifth, sixth string guys. Um, they were literally missing, you know, Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams uh, at the end. Um, and even when those guys were in, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you got to argue that they need uh, an explosive playmaker. You look in the off season, there, there are guys available, Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, uh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, that's free agency. Um, and then obviously in the draft, Devontae Smith, a lot of talk, Jalen Waddell uh, and Jamar Chase, I think are your top three options at wideout. So that's number one. Uh, number two, it has to be running back. Um, I think, you know, we saw some glimpses from Miles Gaskin. I remember also before that same Vegas game, everybody was uh, hitting the DMs as, you know, is Ahmed starting is, um, you know, cause that was a, that was championship week for fantasy. That's right, um, man. I mean, but Miles Gaskin, Savan Ahmed, they both showed promise, uh, but there, there was just no clear answer there. You know, last year they signed Jordan Howard. Um, they dealt for Matt Burita, two veteran running backs who they thought would help uh, the league's worst rushing attack from the season ago. You know, those two guys clearly could not help and they were not the answer. They went from 32nd to 25th in running production. So st they're still at the bottom of the league. Uh, you know, who do, who do they go get? Is it maybe an Aaron Jones? Is it a Najee Harris? Um, I mean, there, there are definitely options both in free agency um, and in the draft. So the, the top two uh, positions are, are going to be wide out and running back. Uh, 3A and 3B for me will be uh, a linebacker, preferably an interior linebacker, maybe an edge guy. I know those are two different positions, but a linebacker. Uh, and then also offensive line. I think as we saw in the Super Bowl, that you can improve the offensive line no matter, no matter how good, no matter how bad they are. And last year, the Dolphins, they did invest in the offensive line. They got three rookie offensive linemen, uh, Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, and Robert Hunt, who all ended up starting uh, later in the season. Uh, but, you know, when there's so much intrigue, like a Panay Sewell, Sewell, you know, there at the top, the Dolphins having the number three pick, uh, they definitely have to think about it. So um, those would probably be the three, four main positions to need is the, the two playmaker positions on offense, wide out running back and then, and then linebacker um, and also offensive line for that uh, third need. Great stuff. Yeah, I mean, on defense, linebacker is really the only spot that uh, makes a ton of sense to put resources in because they just have so few there at the moment. As it stands, uh, Dolphins, Broncos, and Browns are the only teams with fewer than $4 million allocated to their linebacking core ahead of the 2021 season. But, yeah, it's, you know, let's build up the offense. Defense, number six-ranked scoring unit last year. Obviously, Flores is doing great things uh, schematically. I think we can all agree they're in a great spot there, arguably the single-best cornerback room in the entire league at this point between Howard and Byron. Great stuff over there. But yeah, on offense, it's just like everywhere. And I'm happy you didn't say quarterback because look, let's find out what Tua has. And if you can find a way to get Deshaun Watson or something, that's great. But like 28 teams should be looking for Deshaun Watson. I don't think this should be, you know, an indictment on Tua. I mean, you brought through receivers he was throwing to. Man, like Bengals and Chiefs games. I mean, he, Jakeem Grant drops a 95-yard touchdown down the middle of the field. The Chiefs game, there were three or four plays that Tua just seemed to pull out of thin air and his receiver just couldn't come down with it. I mean, you spent a you know fifth overall pick on the guy. Let's add some legit explosive playmakers and maybe give the guy you know a year where he's not coming off this terrible hip injury before we give up on the guy. And yeah, you bring up a great point. You bring up Matt Collins, Jakeem Grant. You know, again to the Vegas game before Tua got removed, and then even the guys that Fitz was playing with, their, their top two receivers were co former college quarterbacks, rookies, Lynn Bowden Jr., 
who was drafted by the Raiders, uh, and Malcolm Perry, uh, you know, former college quarterback in Navy. Both of those guys were college quarterbacks, and now they're in the NFL week 16, trying to make the playoffs, playing wide receiver. I mean, one of the toughest positions to not only adapt to, but, but you know, learn and develop with. So it's like, you got to surround Tua with more weapons. You got to give him, you know, something to work with. And, you know, they definitely have some options here with a number three pick. And, and not just that, they're in position to spend some more money in free agency after, you know, spending the most money in free agency last year. A lot of it allocated to the defense, that $200 million they spent. So now it's time to fix the offense and get them up to the competition of, of you know, like the Bills and, and the other contenders in the AFC. Yeah, right now, fifth cheapest overall offense ahead of just in terms of $2021 devoted to the overall core. You brought up, you know, the offensive line. They did draft, uh, you know, multiple guys last year. So hopefully the continuity improves that. But yeah, PFF's 20th ranked unit in pass blocking last year, 30th in run blocking. We just need help everywhere. And hopefully, the, you know, injury bug, you know, goes away a little bit with Preston, Jasicki and Parker, uh, to your point, bringing all that up. They're going to add receivers to some extent, but do you see Parker, Jasicki, and even Preston Williams, if he can get healthy, still kind of be in the main trio, or could it be as a big enough overhaul that we actually see one of these true big-name first-round wide receivers or, you know, the Chris Goblins of the world in free agency potentially, you know, get a just offer they can't refuse to come down to Miami? Yeah, I think you think about that trio. That's a, that's a great trio that you mentioned, but there's still so much unknown. Uh, specifically, I'll, I'll point out Preston Williams. You know, undrafted last year, uh, you know, it seemed like he was like kind of a diamond in the rough type player that they found this gem, you know, goes out and has that season ending knee injury uh, this year to his best game in, you know, against the Arizona Cardinals Tua throws him a touchdown, which was a tremendous catch. Preston Williams dives into the end zone and he suffers a season ending foot injury. Um, I mean, those are two very serious uh, injuries and, and it's like at a point where you know if this continues to happen he only played eight games this year had less than 300 yards um, and even when he was healthy and I know there were was that he was combating that mental issue of coming back from that knee injury early on uh, it's tough to you know especially if you're you're supposed to be a guy that's counted on to relieve the workload from your number one receiver Devontae Parker so ideally I do think you know that that is a, a formable top three uh, there are just so many question marks um, in regards to that third guy with Preston Williams that they really do need to invest at wideout, and they can't they can't depend on uh, their current arsenal of weapons. It's like you know they've got a lot of talent in there, but in regards to uh, top tier consistency outside of Devonte Parker, I don't think there's much there. It's just a lot of depth. We're gonna take a quick break to pay some bills. PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field. 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcasts. They will provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get your opportunity at a one thousand dollar deposit bonus that's promo code pff for new customers to get an opportunity at a one thousand dollar deposit bonus only at DraftKings sportsbook it must be 21 or older new jersey indiana michigan or virginia only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in virginia call 
532-3500. There's a pretty wide range of uh, potential outcomes. And if we could just boost that up a little bit more towards a positive range of things, that would certainly be ideal. Yeah, Preston Williams, man, only 16 games, unfortunately. But this dude, for him to come out the way he did, I mean, undrafted, I remember just watching those 2019 preseason games going, who the hell is this guy making plays all over the field? So, you know, they got Parker signed. Hopefully, Preston can stay healthy. But, yes, absolutely, let's get some other complimentary guys in there to make life easier for everyone involved. Those three teams needs everyone again we're wide receiver running back and then three a and three b linebacker and offensive line we move on to some 2021 workload related stuff here josh and i are recording this on february 19th so you know barring a big time trade uh, coming out unfortunately got the eagles and uh, colts podcast scheduled just a day and two after the Wentz trade so hopefully i'm knocking on wood we'll be okay from that standpoint but as things stand as things stand right now we'll get josh's thoughts first up the two a question we've talked about it a little bit before didn't have enough help we should be surrounding him with more assets but you know just it was weird last year man because flores was saying hey you know it's we want to play the best player if it's actually been playing better i don't think people that shouldn't even really be a slight on Tua. Like Fitzpatrick was an above average quarterback in the NFL last season. Tua, first year coming off the hip injury, first, you know, five, six starts. It shouldn't be shocking that, you know, Fitzpatrick was necessarily better. With that said, I mean, we just never really saw a huge commitment to Tua like you might expect, you know, a longer lease like a rookie quarterback to have. Do you think the Dolphins majorly address QB in any way this offseason, or is it legit the Tua show finally? Yeah, Ian, I'm, I'm going to pose a, a quick question to you real quick. If you had two uh, two options, I'm going to give you the first option and the second option. Okay. You'd rather have six, you, you know, in their first nine games, go 6'3", six, um, 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions, or would you rather have – so that was 6'3", six, 1,600 yards, and 10, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, or would you rather have 6'3", um, 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five interceptions? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the ladder. Yeah, of course the ladder. <laughs> so, so the the ladder was Tua. The first was Drew Brees. Drew Brees went on Ooh. to have, I mean, fantastic, fantastic career. Um, you know, and, and then I mean, there's this 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 graph that I'm looking at that compares Tua to uh, a lot of the great quarterbacks in the NFL: Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Tua, I mean, as pedestrian as of a you know rookie season we thought he had, because I think there were just so many comparisons with Joe Burrow. Um, and obviously Justin Herbert, uh, man, too, is like kind of right on pace to, to, you know, continue following this, this, you know, these great quarterbacks, assuming that his development, you know, trends in the right direction. I know that's a big if, but, uh, again, we got to surround Tua with more question, uh, with more, um, you know, not question marks, but sure fire, uh, talent, uh, at wide out at wide receiver. Uh, and not just that you mentioned the patience with the team. I think the team has done a lot of things to, make Tua comfortable this offseason. You look at two specific things uh, that are public. Uh, they hired a quarterback's coach by the name of Charlie Fry. Charlie Fry obviously has NFL history, but he also has history with Tua. Uh, he's been in Tua's corner since uh, his early, early high school days when he was at Elite 11 camp. Um, so that that's one of Tua's guys. They went out and hired a quarterback's coach that Tua likes. Uh, and then you look at the offensive coordinator situation and so many outsiders, they question if it's going to work a co-offensive coordinator between Eric Stoosville and George Godsey. But you got to remember, uh, George Godsey, uh, he actually, he's the tight, he was the tight ends coach for the Dolphins. His very first game where he kind of took over as quarterbacks coach this year because of COVID because COVID hit um, some of their assistant coaches, including their quarterbacks coach. 
So they needed a quarterbacks coach for that game. Guess what game it was? The Arizona Cardinals. That was two of his best games. So coincidentally, nice. you know, that's someone too. So Tua also enjoys working with George Godsey. George Godsey, Charlie Fry. Those are you know two behind the scenes coaching moves that are, are have been made to make Tua comfortable. So now they just have to surround him with the proper talent uh, in order for I believe for him to reach his maximum uh, potential and ceiling. Yeah, and man, even like I'm looking at his game log right now, and I understand like the overall stats, you know, compared to Burrow and Herbert, you know, didn't quite uh, stand up with them. But just look at the specific games where uh, Tua really struggled. First career start against the freaking Rams, best defense in the league. Goes to Denver against Vic Fangio's defense, notoriously one of the tougher, you know, schemes for a rookie or really any quarterback to try to, you know, combat. Patriots game wasn't great against Bill Belichick. The Raiders game, which you brought up, he's throwing the freaking things named Malcolm Perry and, you know, uh, Eagles cast off Mac Hollins. And then, you know, the Bills game at the end, just trying to do a little too much and just couldn't quite come out with it. So there was a lot of good football in between. Some admitted down moments. Please, people, do not be giving up on Tua just yet. Wasn't that long ago that tanking for Tua was the entire nucleus of offseason discussion. Let's see what the guy can do with some better weapons and just some continuity in 2021. You mentioned running back being a big spot team need. They, it was surprising last season to see them not address it more. It was a real popular landing spot for a lot of these rookies. Ultimately, you know, they traded for Brita, signed Howard. You brought up how, you know, obviously those didn't work out. So do you see them maybe making a leap and leap and going after a Najee Harris type high end in the draft? Or do you think it'll be more, uh, I guess, you know, similar moves to what we saw last season where they'll address the position, just not with too many resources because Gaskin, even if he's not, you know, no one's going to confuse him with the top 10 back. He's certainly is capable of functioning as at least an average talent on all three downs yeah and i thought they had actually i mean depending on 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 the take and um you know how you view those names but matt Breida and jordan howard they those i mean not too many years ago those were guys that used to be elite uh top end running backs in the nfl you know you thought had thought that the um the dolphins had done enough to address the position obviously not those two did not work out uh, Miles Gaskin did emerge, you know, in his sophomore season as a consistent contributor when he gets those reps. So uh, I think Miles Gaskin is definitely someone they've got to keep around. I mean, he's he's pretty explosive, um, and not just that, he, he's got that kind of cutting uh, ability to to make defenders miss. And, and one more thing, I mean, he's a workhorse. Yeah. The the other thing though is that I don't think he's that top, you know, NFL RB one uh, running back. He's a great consistent producer. Uh, when he gets the opportunity, but uh, in extended reps, it shows, you know, you've got to commit more at that running back position. Uh, you mentioned Najee Harris. Uh, we actually just finished the um, a mock draft for the athletic, athletic NFL by, by every single uh, beat reporter. Um, and I actually took Najee at uh, 18. All right. And there's going to be question marks there. You know, they should invest that the linebacker, um, you know, at that position, assuming that they, they get their wide out or, you know, Panay at three, or if they, you know, they trade within that top 10, but uh, I like Nigel Harris a lot. And, you know, there, it's not just him. There are other options uh, also in free agency. Aaron Jones is a big name that's obviously floated around, um, but definitely running back is, is a position of need after uh, the past two seasons, finishing finishing 32nd and 25th in production at the running back spot. Yeah, I'd love Aaron Jones or even, and Harris has some receiving chops to him, uh, receiving chops as well. Just, you know, 
I people they they hate the first round running backs and they don't want to see that you know high amount of resources allocated to the position. But let's get someone that can catch the ball as well. And Aaron Jones, since he entered the league, number three behind only Austin Eckler and Naeem Hines in yards per route run when split out in the slot or out wide. It was one of the most annoying parts of the Packers, you know, kind of usage of him, not kind of using him more as that true receiver. Would love to see his opportunity to do that in Miami. Last thing before we get your bold take here, mention this guy previously. Start off with the Raiders, came on at the end with the Dolphins, Lim Bowden. Man, he was a lot of fun. Now, I have a soft spot for these, you know, running back, wide receiver, hybrid types. Do they have a position? Are they versatile? You know, this I I love the players, and they can just kind of go line up in a lot of different places. Bowden, I mean, he, oh, he was playing some quarterback a little bit and did that even in college. Do you see him as a long-term fixture in this offense where they actually come in next year with more of a, you know, featured plan for him, game in or game out? Or was that kind of late-season success more of just because, hey, look how many freaking injuries they had to deal with everywhere? Ian, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to read you the quick description I have of Lynn Bowden Jr. in a, a roster breakdown. I just Let's pumped. hear it. Yep. Whoop! That sound you heard was in your head was Lynn Bowden Jr. zigzagging past all of us. Uh, you, know, you allude to, Ian, the, the, uh, how exciting he is. I mean, he truly is. He's, he's one of the most exciting players uh, with the, to watch with the ball in his hands. Uh, there were many instances when he had the ball where, you know, he's going sideline to sideline. It's like, what is he doing? And then he ends up getting, you know, 10, 15 yards. Uh, he truly is like, I think one of the best quotes from this season was from uh, Chan Gailey, uh, you know, former offensive coordinator. Now uh, he said, growing up, you, you can tell which guys played tag and Lynn Bowden jr. Was one of the guys that was really, really good at tag because he's so good at making people miss. So um, whether it be having him develop at that slot spot, if they continue to use him as a gadget type player in the backfield, split back, uh, whatever it may be, uh, jet sweep type things, even, even involving him as a quarterback, you know, having some trick plays. He did have a couple, uh, you know, trick passes this year. He was a former college quarterback at Kentucky. Uh, they got to get him more involved because it seems like almost any time he touches the ball. Uh, some type of magic happens on that play. Uh, definitely a rush of adrenaline. It's like, what's going to happen next uh, within those milliseconds of him ha having the ball, him deciding what to do with his cuts. Uh, definitely a, a very intriguing player. Uh, you know, they've got Malcolm Perry there too, another guy with a, a similar skill set. But um, from what we saw in the rookie seasons, Lynn Bowden Jr. is uh, the more exciting player right now. Yeah, and I understand if, you know, some of your listeners out there weren't super tuned in those late-season Dolphins games, although they were competing for a playoff spot, but truly, anytime number 15 got the ball, good things were happening for that offense. We'll see if he gets enough touches in 2021 to be truly, you know, a week-to-week -week fantasy relevant guy, but either way, expect a lot of fun when they do get him the ball. Josh stuff, Josh, great stuff all around. Do you have a bold draft free agent, maybe 2021 workload projection take for us? Man, Ian, we've mentioned his name a few times, and I know I, 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 had drafted Najee Harris in, you know, number 18 in our mock draft, but that wasn't with the, you know, interpretation that we could sign free agents. So I'm going to go out and say, you know, they spent a lot of money last year. They can make it work this year. Uh, you know, you look at the numbers, you crunch the numbers. There are a couple moves that they can make to prelude this, but I'm going to say that they go out and sign Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, come to Miami, uh, you know, come where, you know, you're going <laughs> to, you know, I don't want to say be put in the right situation because obviously, you know, he was playing with the, one of the greatest quarterbacks and a, and a top offensive line uh, in green Bay, uh, unhappy with his contract situation. Come to Miami. Miami's got money to spend. They obviously uh, before pre Jalen Ramsey's contract, they signed Byron Jones last year to the most expensive contract to a cornerback. 
Uh, they got a lot of guys, Kyle Van Noy. They, they allocated a lot of money to that defense. Uh, Aaron Jones, come to Miami. I love it. And I, I was on uh, talking to some Milwaukee radio yesterday. They, they asked me if I thought Aaron Jones going somewhere would be better or worse for his fantasy, uh, you know, just potential. And it was, it depends on where he goes, obviously. Cause Hey, Packers, number one scoring offense. You said it yourself. Like he was still great there, but if you bring him down this Miami Dolphins offense, give him that three down near every snap roll that Gaskin had. I mean, Gaskin only caught, what is it? Three fewer yeah. Okay. He caught six fewer passes than Jones in four fewer games. Like again, nothing against Gaskin. He's fine. He's solid, but we put a legit blue chip talent like Jones in that offense. This dude could go the hell off. And hey, if we, we put him in Miami, man, he would be a legit top 10, if not top six, five running back in fantasy, man, I'm already talking myself into getting him even higher. So love that and hope that does come to fruition. Great stuff, Josh. Everyone make sure you follow Josh on Twitter at JCT, JCT sports, excuse me. What do you got in the dock at the rest of the season? Hey, Ian, one more quick note on Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah. You think about who his skill set and how he loves to, you know, decipher the defense really, really quickly uh, after the snap. Uh, those intermediate throws is what became apparent this season. Imagine, you know, Aaron Jones coming out of, out of the backfield, you know, just slipping out to the side in the flat, um, you know, and making plays there, you know, arguably one of the most explosive players just being able to explode down the sideline. I mean, that's like a pretty – I'm yeah, up even more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty sight to imagine. But obviously, we're keeping busy over at the athletic with uh, a ton of drafts, a ton of offseason. Uh, you know, free agency is just uh, about a month away. The draft is two months away. So, a lot of hype uh, leading up to that. And, and as we mentioned throughout the show, the Dolphins are in a very busy position. You know, Chris Greer, he's got he's to have like a construction hat on as he constructs this roster because they're so close to being actually able to compete. Uh, I think. One thing we learned is that the defense, and, and you know, you, this you got to assume this with a uh, defensive-minded first coach and Brian Flores coming down from New England. It's going to be his third year here in Miami. Uh, he got this defense to where he wants it to be. Now it's like, you know, let's power this offense. The defense literally carried them in so many games this year. Uh, just imagine if they had, you know, one or two more explosive playmakers helping Fitz or now Tua out. I think Fitz has to get out of the picture. Um, they have to move forward with Tua. Uh, Deshaun Watson rumors aside that this is to his team. Uh, let's go surround him with weapons and move forward. Let's go do it. I love it. I'm looking forward to watching many. I'm more excited about watching 2021 Dolphins than I have been in years. Tua and that defense, major reasons why. Again, people follow Josh on Twitter at JCT Sports. And thank you as always for listening to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. He's Josh. I'm Ian. Until next time, take care, everybody. Thank you.